Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. Oh, it's a yes. celebratory one this week, David, because what happened? We've uh, we've all got smiles on our faces that yep. uh, have done since Saturday, and I imagine quite a lot of other United fans, all United fans, of uh, a huge, huge relief. Big was, relief. Was it, was it not on 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 Saturday? It's funny when you look back now. And United have finished seventeenth in the table with fifty three points and blah 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 blah, uh, and people have actually coming up and saying things like, "Well, what was the problem?" You know, etc. <laughs> but that wasn't how it felt at three o'clock on Saturday afternoon. It certainly was wasn't it? how it felt three um, weeks ago, was it? And when United left, I mean, I <laughs> Paul Bastard, <laughs> um, uh, very well known United fan. I'm sure lots of our listeners will know exactly who I'm talking about when. Uh, I went to join the supporters after the 2-1 defeat at Lincoln and I, he spotted me walking across the car park at Lincoln and there was a stone in front of me and I put my boot through this stone and it flew past a steward and smacked into the wall on the other side of the car park. Quite a you good, still got it. Yeah. Quite, quite, yeah. You've either got it or you haven't. Quite a good strike. And I immediately had to apologise to the steward and, and Paul Bastard was looking looking at me and saw, saw this little thing happen and... Uh, he reminded me last weekend and said, I can't help thinking back to when you know we left Central Bank on Good Friday with that 2-1 defeat, four points adrift, mm. odds on favourites to be relegated. And it finished up three successive victories and United stayed up. And, and you and I, funnily enough, took a minute or two out this morning to watch the replays of the scenes at York, um, you know, with them going down, care of a last-minute own goal header at Geisley, yep. which kept them up. And, of course, United were at Geisley on the last day of last season when they stayed up again by beating Torquay 4-3 mm. in that match. Um, so, you know, although we're all now a lot happier than we were and we're looking forward to a, a more upbeat summer, and we'll talk about that in a minute, um, hats off to them. Absolutely well hats off to them. Um, uh, for me, the crucial result was Dover away. Uh, that stood everything on its head, not just for United, but for all the other clubs in trouble. Uh, I'm pretty sure York drew at Woking that day, which wasn't a bad result for them in the circumstance, and it simply wasn't enough. That dropped York back into the... For United to go to Dover and win that, that match 2-1... It turned the whole of the promotion picture, the, the sorry, the relegation picture yeah. around. Uh, and um, uh, I, I think United, they played um, over. It's easy just to sort of think about just the three successive wins, isn't it? You forget about what a crucial result it was at the time to win at Solihull Moors one nil, and getting one all draw again up up at Wrexham, um, uh, and. All of that built up into the the finish, which, if you look at it, United finished really well, not just in the last three games, but in terms Absolutely. of performance. Yeah. Uh, and it was almost as if, uh, you know, they finally got their heads around what they needed to do to start getting results and staying up. Uh, and, uh, you know, they played hardball football. You know, uh, um, I remember the game at Dover, which... Uh, um, was it was a was a tough tough match on paper. Nobody gave United a chance. I think they were seven to one against a win at Dover, mm. something like that. And not only did they win there, but they won with a little bit to spare. 
they played exactly in the areas where Dover didn't want to play in. Uh, um, they held the ball in Dover's half. If there was any mistakes going to be made, they were made in Dover's half of the pitch rather than ours. Well, I'm sure some of our listeners and, and readers will think back to some of those defeats that United suffered to the Geisleys and the Suttons. and the um, Topsy-turvy, the, the, really, wasn't well, it? it? It was crazy, but the, the, the ridiculous mistakes that people were making, you know, just because they weren't playing conference hardball football. Mm. And for me, uh, all of all the people who have, who have, you know, earned brownie points and, and slaps on the back uh, uh, over these last few weeks, and there have been plenty of them, and quite deservedly so, for me, the player who has made the difference is Rory Keating. Okay. Not because he's the finished article or because... You know, he's you know the next this or the next that or the next other. It's because he gave United a dimension up front which they hadn't had before. Right. Okay. He gave them running, <clears throat> effort, physical commitment in the air and on the ground. Uh, he gave them a few goals as well, which which helped. But all of a sudden, the lads at the back and the players in midfield, when they were under pressure on the ball they were able to stick that ball into the channel or over the top, knowing that somebody would be chasing after it and getting on the end of it, putting up opposing defenders under pressure. And that just helped, for me, United to take a forward step and to play in the opposition's half of the pitch, which is exactly what Lincoln City do and exactly what all the best teams in this league do and it's exactly what United did before when Paul Buckle had the team, which eventually took, went up. They had... Power, pace, aggression, direct football. And uh, Rory Keating, uh, uh, for me, he'd be one of the first people I would be having in to say, right, now what do, you, what, do you, what do you fancy next season and what would it take you to sign a contract with us? Well, that leads us quite neatly into... And Lord, just before we leave it, I'm sure you, you, you've, I see you've scribbled it down there. The crowd at Playmore last yep. Saturday, phenomenal. Absolutely, the biggest crowd in the National League on the final day of the season. I know Tramley Rovers were away and Lincoln yes, were away, that helped, but, but but more than there was at York City. Uh, I know that was televised. I don't think the cameras would have made any difference at Playmore. If the cameras had come to Playmore and filmed that match live, I still think you'd have got the same crowd. Phenomenal turnout, great atmosphere. People I saw there who haven't been for quite a long time. I bumped into one supporter who bought a season ticket last summer for 200 quid and was there for the first time. And I said, well, you've had bloody value for money, haven't you? <laughs> and, and, and he said, well, yeah, you know, I've, I've, I haven't really fancied it up to now. But he bought a season ticket last summer yep. for 200 quid and he was turning up for the first time. Crazy. And I, also, that there's, that, that it, it just underlined... It, it, you imagine the lift it gave everybody in the club to see that many people coming through. It, it, it Not only does it encourage people like us and all the other supporters, but for the people in the club, not only the, you know, the staff, the owners, the players, Kevin Nicholson, you know, it, it just reaffirms that you have got a proper football club here. And also for people who might potentially be interested outside the club, Mm. There ain't many teams that start the day in whatever position United were in, 19th, I can't remember what it was now, 20th, who pull in 4,000 people in the fifth level of English football to see, mm. to, to see a match like that. And 
that was a big, big boost, and a, and a, and I mean, we we could all feel it. My 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 brother turned up. He and his he and uh, my his son, my nephew, have started coming over the last few weeks. They've had a terrible win record up to now. Every time they used to turn up, they used to lose. But they finally came to the Forest Green game on Boxing Day, and they won. They haven't seen them lose since. And he was telling me that they couldn't they couldn't find anywhere nearer to park but St Mary Church. Uh, and were walking towards the ground, and he said it was it was almost like there was a Billy Graham concert going on. He said you suddenly realised what the time was, and well, we better get a bit of a move on here, and everybody heading in one direction, just like the old days. When he used that Billy Graham reference the other day to Comrade, I did wonder if uh, some of the younger listeners would would know who he was. To be well, honest, so... uh, <laughs> an evangelist preacher from yeah, America who, who, who used to have huge audiences around the world, where he used to go and yeah. tub thump on behalf of the Lord, and, uh, and everybody <laughs> used to sort of talk about going to a Billy Graham concert. Uh, Billy <laughs> concert, Billy Graham. Well, they almost were concerts, weren't they? But uh, anyway, uh, um, it was just a. a, a Thoroughly good outcome to a good day, and a lot of credit to, to everybody absolutely, involved. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and I guess in, in in a in a way that crowd on Saturday it was it was very lively. There was a little bit of a pitch invasion, but that that was all part of the day. That crowd will maybe sort of give people like Rory Keating a, a thought. Oh, this this. Is what it could be like if we exactly. were up there exactly. instead of down here. Exactly. It could be like this every week. Absolutely. And what an attractive prospect that is to a young player who's That's trying right. to make his way in the game. And you're right that you know there ain't many clubs at this level that can put on what happened at Playmore mm. last Saturday. And you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, if I was Rui Keating being one, uh, I know he's have to go back to Bournemouth first, but. If there was an option of an extended loan for Jordan Lee, he's enjoyed to, himself over the last month, hasn't uh, oh, he? It, it, you know, and he, and he, he played the patient game as well. He, yes. he, he wasn't getting, he wasn't even getting on the bench at points. No. Um, but once uh, he got into the team, he yeah. showed what he could do. Playing right midfield rather than yeah. right back. Yeah. But you know, lads like that. Um, uh, you know, we can think of others. Dan Sparks, contract up. Talking to him, no doubt. Um, uh, and all the ones that we'll talk, other ones we'll talk about in a minute. That, if you know, what happened at Playmore last Saturday, it cannot do any harm, can it, in, no. in those sort of talks going on? Um, because you, let's face it, every player, especially a young player, they want to sign for a club that they feel is, you know, um, uh, going to be exciting. Going to be, you know, yeah. in other words, you know, you, you don't want to be playing in front of 1,400 people every week. You want to be playing in front of two, two and a half thousand, three thousand, whatever, you know. And, and if you know that you play in the right half of the table and you're pushing for stuff that's the sort of crowd you might get well you know half you know what you'd go and sign for with all due respect forest green rovers or woking or don't think so all right looking at the players who obviously are out of contract because there are two in contract and one has a option. an option. Yeah. So they are those uh, um, three. Sam Cheney is under contract for next season. Damon Lathrop is under comp, uh, con- contract for next season. This is as far as I'm given to understand. Yeah. Uh, and Luke Young has an option. Uh, and that's and an the option for either side. As far as I'm aware, it's a, it's it's a two way option. Uh, United, in other words, uh, have an option to offer him a new contract. Uh, Luke Young has an option to activate that. Um, uh, and everybody else is up. 
they were all on. And of course, we also had this interesting thing in the conference, and I'm not quite sure, actually, in all respects, how this applies to all the players at Torquay, but you have football league contracts and conference contracts. Mm. Uh, um, uh, and now Aldershot, for one, have just opted to leave the conference contract, which only runs from August until the end of April, okay, so, and go back so to 12-month no, so, contracts. So they don't have to pay the players for those three months summer. in the middle. That's right. Uh, um, Which now, seems a little unfair. Really. Well, it does, but if you're a full-time club, you're a full-time club, surely. Ah, that's right, and I'm pretty sure that that would probably be the case at Torquay with a yeah. full-time club. Um, but uh, quite a few conference clubs have taken the option over the years of saying, "Well, we'll 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 go along with all the same contracts at Dover and Braintree." But and is that the just a case do, of so. a one-year contract? Because if it's a two-year contract, surely you can't stop paying them in the middle well, of the three months. Well, there you months. go, uh, and that's why the vast majority of con conference contracts are one-year, yeah. one-year deals. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, uh, uh, but I'm I, I'm not quite sure. What or I, I think some of the players that are playing more may well be on one type and others on another. I'm not, right, I, I'm, okay. I'm not really 100% sure about that. I'm, I don't look physically through their contracts every week and don't want to either. So I think it would probably be unfair to say to you, right, who would you keep? Thank you very and who much. who would you get rid of? <laughs> but we can talk around one or two. But we can. Yeah. I mean, if there, were, if there were a couple of players that you would definitely keep, who, who would they be? Luke Young. Okay, well, I think everyone would agree with that. Um... Ruri Keating. Okay. Um, Sean McGinty. Okay. Dan Sparks. Okay. Um, that's four. Um, so those you would you would make it your priority to get a deal done. Yes, with. I think so, uh, for different reasons. Um, I think it's worth bearing in mind how but there's a spine how, there. How <laughs> Well, there you go. Um, how comparatively young most of them are. Yeah. Um, you, you do forget, Sean McGinty is only 23, Dan Sparks is 25, uh, Luke Young is 24, is he I now, something so, yeah, like that, 24, so. uh, Ruri Keating's 21. Um, so uh, there should be improvement in all of those players. And the same thing, funnily enough, ought to apply to Brendan Moore, the goalkeeper. Now the big question mark with him is, Will he want to stay, or might he go back home to to America? Let's face it; this this cropped up last summer, didn't it? Yeah. That, that we we weren't quite sure. After he two, went back, didn't he, he for did, a break and and, uh, and, and thought about and things. thought about things. Yeah. Um, because I remember Kevin Nicholson joking that because um, he lives in Atlanta in Georgia, and there was a possibility of him signing for. Was it Vancouver or somewhere like right. that? Up at Seattle, was it? Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. And Kevin was saying it's, it's, it's almost the same distance from Atlanta to Seattle as it is from Atlanta to Torquay. Absolutely. But, um, uh, so I think that's... Uh, the, the whole point about Brendan Moore is uh, um, he's 25, but in terms of real football, senior football experience, he's younger than that, really. Uh, um, not as a lad, but, but, but in terms of... It, this is only his second... Well, his first full season? Yes. He came on loan from Fleetwood yes. last year. Last, what, eight, nine, ten games of the season. Did very well and came back. But in terms of solid senior experience, you know, he's still got a lot to, to, of, of potential mm. there. Uh, and I know one or two league clubs were watching him towards the end of this season just to check him out because there'd been good reports of him. Um, uh, the same as with Dan Sparks. There's been a few scouts watching Sparks, and of course he's been injured the last few weeks, which has, you know, slowed that process down. 
Um, I had an interesting conversation with my dad about Dan Sparks, where, you know, has he done enough or not? And, and, and you look at it, you know, his ability is, is, is undoubted down the left-hand side and he gets a great crossing. But one of the problems that, that he's had is there's been no one in there to put those crosses away. Yet, when... when um, Kiefer Moore Kiefer Moore, arrives. I've forgotten his name then, yeah. how could I? Um, arrives, yeah. bang, yes. his crosses are dynamite. Quite. Because there is finally someone who wants to get his head, foot, body, and, and maybe... You know, Rory Keating can be that player next yes. season. I, th- I think the different whole, build. I know. But. Let's face it. We're, we're, at whatever level of football you talk about, it, you, you and this is where managers who try very hard, and I know how hard Kevin Nicholson has tried to instill the togetherness and the friendship and the unity within the squad. Which actually, uh, this is something that not many people have talked about, but I'm sure Kevin Nicholson will will, will be feeling is that that togetherness in the squad actually paid off in the end. Right now. In yeah. other words, it, yeah. it, at the right it, time, at the right time, the squad didn't f- splinter, it didn't fracture, it stayed together, it was a tight unit, and, and in the end, you could argue, well, that was a massive help in getting mm. United over the line. But you have this, it's quite a nasty process now, that Kevin, having been very close, Kevin Nicholson, having been very close to all these players for so long through the winter, now has to take that cap off and put on the hard-nosed mm. manager cap and make some really quite brutal decisions. And every manager in the country has to do it at this time of year. And you are sitting down, and we've just been talking about Dan Sparks, and it's a matter of ticks and crosses. How many ticks has he got? What's he good at this? Where are his weaknesses are? And then you have to start balancing up. Right, Can do the ticks outweigh the crosses? Have I got players around him who can counter? The weaknesses, etc., etc., etc. No player at this level is all ticks, and <laughs> because that's that's not the way life is. Nearly every player at this level has got something they're not good at. Maybe even a couple. Mm. Uh, Dan Sparks has got one of the best left foot. is one of the best left-footed wingers in in this league. He can cross to die for. Um, uh, is he quick? Mm, could do with another half a yard of pace. Has he just moved into full-time football? Yes, he's only <coughs> a year. Um, uh, is there a goal in him? Yes. Uh, and then you move into the crosses. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and the same with every other player. <coughs> Excuse and, me. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think Dan Sparks is still, you know, even though he is 25 and has been in the game for a little while, I still think he's a, he's a work in progress. Uh, and... Uh, Put it like this, if, if he doesn't re-sign for Torquay, there's a queue of clubs waiting yeah. up to sign him. So does that say everything, really? As far as you're aware, talks are un- have started. They've already started. Yeah. We're, we're speaking at, on Thursday lunchtime here. Um, uh, the, the talks with players, um, um, I'm not sure yet whether any have been told sorry, but some have certainly been told We'd like to keep you. Yeah. That process is going on. I think, um, I'm not quite sure when the retained list, if you want to call it that. Because a lot of course, clubs have already released theirs. Absolutely, they? yeah. And, uh, but of course, for one quali- reason or another, goals fans have become, become quite impatient. Well, I think we like all this. are at this yeah. time of year, aren't we? The difference is, of course, is that for the, che- for the Wrexhams and the Chesters, they, couldn't, they weren't going anywhere. Yeah. So their manager was, has been making those decisions over the last few weeks. You know, uh, uh, Dean Keats at Wrexham, the moment Wrexham walked off the pitch of their last match of the season, he virtually had his retained list done. He, he had that done and dusted before. Talk United were not in that situation. 
uh, they could have been relegated to the National League South. So their process can't reasonably start until after the last match. I'm sure quite a lot of the Wrexham players and probably Chester and one or two of the other mid-table teams, I'll bet quite a lot of those players knew before the last match whether they were staying or going. That wasn't the case at Torquay and couldn't possibly have been. So, um, uh, uh, no, that's, that's already started. Um, and, and that will be a process involving Kevin and uh, the general manager absolutely well. yep yep um, uh, I, get, I do get the impression that, that, that um, uh, Harrop and Nicholson uh, there have been lots of sort of insinuations and uh, that, that, that they haven't been close over these last few months uh, I get the firm impression that, that they are uh, um, much closer now than a lot of people give uh, them credit for and that they're, and that they're, they're working together on this um, which is great, absolutely how it should be. Um, you know, we're talking about professional business and a football club here, mm. isn't it? It's not yeah. a charitable society, <clears throat> um, uh, and that's all happening. I, I understand that the season, um, the price, prices for next season have been agreed and sorted, and there should be some announcement on that score within the next 24, 48 hours, uh, both admission prices and season tickets. I don't think we can expect another two hundred. I was going to ask because this this kind of lead, leads us into the thought that this summer is a good chance, especially after you know achieving safety, is a good chance for Gaming International oh. to set out their stall and maybe persuade fans are very very doubtful, and we all know there are, there are many many for, for good reason many yeah. many doubtful fans out there. A, ch- a chance for GI to say, look, this is what we. Doing, we're not going to build houses on Playmore. We're 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 going to well, build a stadium, but we want a, a team in the yeah. football league to play in that stadium. Here we go. They, 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 I don't think anybody has been in any doubt that Gaming International, when they came in just before Christmas, um, came in with an agenda. They, their, 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 their main agenda, if you want to put it like that, uh, is to build a new stadium as part of a complex in Torquay. Mm which would lead to United moving out of Plainmore. They've repeated, Clark Osborne time and again, Torquay United will not be moved from Plainmore until a new stadium is built. OK, you accept that. But what you're talking about now and what the supporters are talking about is that for at least a few weeks stroke months this summer, that is way on the back burner. They have to prove to the supporters by what happens over the next few weeks and months that they've got their football hat on and that they are trying to uh, um, put the management and the preparation and the progress of Talk United FC, not Talk United Holdings or, or Talk United Stroke Stadium, not Riviera Stadium Limited, um, which is the company that they formed for this project, uh, that the football comes first, at least until to make United a more competitive outfit on the field and have them punching in the top half of this division. Uh, uh, and that has got to be the number one priority, uh, way in front of everything else. Okay, well, that's that's a clear message then. Um, so, season ticket prices, you said you don't expect well, another £200 deal, because uh, I think that would go down well. No, probably not. <laughs> no. But that, but after what we just said, wouldn't that be a kind of way of... Well, it would, but... Uh, let's face it, that, that, that deal was introduced by a, a new board trying to persuade fans that they were in it for the right reasons last year. Now, yeah. now, obviously, that board is no longer together and and the board is literally just one person, which is Clark Osborne. But, yeah. but at the moment... It did well, the didn't moment. it, that, that season ticket? Oh, no, it, it, it ticked th- that box. 
after a, <coughs> another poor season last year, with, the, with perhaps even a greater escape from relegation, mm. everybody worried about the future, with a board that had no money whatsoever, uh, um, struggling through its first season. I mean, it could be argued um, they did that because they wanted to get money in rather than actually yeah. give, uh, um, give away free uh, And there were people, I, I know lots of people who bought tickets who thought it was the wrong decision. Yeah. Not, not, not buying the tickets, but, but, but pitching the tickets at £200. Yeah. It's too cheap. Um, I've, lo- I've had a quick cast around one or two other clubs in the conference this week. Uh, you're looking, I think Macclesfield came out with one at £240, something Didn't like that. Didn't they do something interesting, though, with uh, an over 25, uh, under 25 uh, season absolutely. ticket? Absolutely. Uh, um, uh, this has been a bit of an old chestnut with me. I, I, I cannot understand how professional football clubs sell season tickets and get their young fans on board when they're, ki- when they're you know, at primary school and then at secondary school. They get to 16, as we all know in this day and age, you don't go out and start working at 16. Well, you don't. Very few people do. Exactly. You stay on at school until you're 18 or you go to college. And immediately, the price of going to play more goes from a fiver or whatever it is to a tenner. Yeah. Well, what... Honest incentive I think it's more is that. Than that to be fair, well, Dave. Okay, but but, but <laughs> yeah, even, even doubles, with even yeah. yes, it, it effectively doubles. You immediately, it's an open invitation for all those young fans who have fallen in love with the club and have got their heroes, etc., etc. Turn around and go, can't afford to go. And Macclesfield have introduced. I'm pretty sure it was them. Have introduced an under twenty five ticket, which is terrific value for money. I think this. I'm not quite sure about the rates, but in, but basically, it's an acknowledgement that young people in those late teen, early 20s years, they are not earning, you know, a man's wage and not generating the sort of income that allow them to spend, uh, you know, a fair bit of it each fortnight on going up to support their their, their football club. And I I think that's an area which clubs generally, uh, not just Torquay United, uh, um, need to look at. You've got to. You, you work so hard to keep to to build up the passion and support for the that that, that binds you to your club in the, those first few formative years, and then you virtually say that you can't afford to go. Well, you know it's madness, isn't it? I know, and and that's I know how hard it it is and how much it costs to run a professional football club, and they lose money hands over, hand over fist most of them, you know, each year, but. Uh, anything that the clubs can do to keep those young fans, you know, coming on a regular basis, I, I think is a, is a no-brainer. So it's going to be an interesting week. I think there will be announcements, obviously, about the the players who are retained and the, the players who have been offered deals. So we'll be keeping an eye on that at the uh, the Herald Express and DevonLive.com. And uh, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting summer. Pre-season day. games. There's been no there's announcements been no announcement yet about yet. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, I ju- it's an it's a reflection, isn't it, of, of how much everything has been hanging yeah. in the air over United's fate this season. It's almost every time you ask a question like that, and I've, we've all been asking them over the last few weeks. It's well, it all depends what happens. Mm. Well, it all depends what happens. Yeah. Well, we know what happened. What's happening now? Thank goodness. <coughs> um, United have a chance. They are. Uh, one step away, <laughs> one big step, admittedly, mm. from hopefully getting back in the football league. I I couldn't help. Um, uh, over the years, uh, I've built up a lot of friends and contacts at York City, and uh, forgive me for feeling sorry for anybody apart from Torquay United, but uh, uh, that great club has has gone down into the National League North next season, and in one of the pieces they wrote <laughs> this week. 
they announced that, that they said it makes it, it, it takes something when you realise that we're now closer in the football pyramid to Tadcaster Albion than we are to Burton Albion. Mm. And uh, uh, these were sort of clubs, Burton Albion and York, playing each other on a regular basis. Yeah. Tadcaster is just down the, down the road, to anybody who knows the geography up there, and I think they are in the Northern Premier, whatever it is. Uh, and York City are closer to them. And it just brought it home, didn't it, of that perilous, perilous drop it does. that might have happened if United had, had gone down. And, um, but they didn't, and uh, we're all hopefully looking forward to a much brighter summer uh, and a much, much better season next time. Uh, just just a few words on Saturday's game day before we finish, because obviously it's now a celebration, oh, this Paul Compton absolutely. game, isn't it? With uh, lots of familiar faces returning to play more well, I, to, to, yeah. to show off their ageing skills, well, I, I think, think is know, the best it, way the, to describe the, it. The, the, the two teams, uh, obviously the 2004 promotion team, and I can't believe how many of those players have signed That's up. That's fantastic. I mean, it's it's yeah. almost who isn't coming than who yeah. is. Um, Sadly, Martin Gritton's on holiday. That's apparently. right, yeah. I mean, he would normally have... Wild horses wouldn't have kept him away, but uh, nearly all of those that great great team are, are, are coming back. Um, plus, many of the of the trainees that made United so much money over the years, went, and basically Paul. That's mm. how it started. Mark Forrester, an ex trainee at, at, at just been appointed Gampton United's manager. Oh, this congratulations, season, Mark! Well, he's, he's jumped from frying pan <laughs> into the fire because <laughs> he's he's worked so hard to pull all this together uh, um, uh, and uh, um, I know Paul Compton who obviously lives away works for Southampton's Youth Academy now um, uh, is very grateful for all of that and it would be a yeah. great tribute to Mark Forrester's work uh, mm. uh, if you get if as many people as possible turn up on Saturday I'm sure it will be a fun occasion 12.30 kick-off 12.30 kick-off yeah. no admission fee pay what you want pay what you so want so please pay something oh yeah. no I think, I think uh, <laughs> donations requested yeah. all, the, all the proceeds from the day are going to Rowcroft Hospice and you can't get a much better uh, um, cause than that um, I think it would just be I, I know Paul Compton's hoping that as a, as a result of last Saturday that um, you know, it's another little chance for people to carry on celebrating United's escape, and and you know, in without any pressure, no worries about who's winning, who's drawing, or any points. Uh, personally speaking, I just want to see Russell and Fowler passing the ball between <laughs> each other again, and David Graham rifling one in from the edge of the box. I I, I sometimes get misty-eyed about about that team, and uh, I've got a friend Peter who who was living in London during that period. Naturally, anyway, he's a bit of a secret Exeter City fan because he was brought up in Timmouth. But let's not talk about that. And. Uh, Often he goes off, talk, he's a great football fan, and starts talking about the Premiership players of, of today and, and, and the way they play football. And I always end up dragging it back to Russell and Fowler and Hockley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, he must get, he a, must get annoyed with that. Yeah, that's a midfi the midfield to die for. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, a bit of everything, yeah, I absolutely. think you could say, in that midfield. But uh, no, it should be a really, really great day. Uh, uh, and uh, goodness sake. Two stroke three hours yeah. of anybody's yeah. time well spent. I know, I know, my dad's really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's for the same reason, just seeing all those players again. Yeah, exactly. So we shall talk about that next week because we are continuing the, the podcast over the summer. Why um, not? Why not? Every Thursday. There'll be um, plenty to discuss, from, I think. The, I'll be around apart from the three weeks I'm 
sort of off for, for, for a certain I don't know big what, occasion. I don't know what you're planning. I really don't no. know. I don't know whether it's a wise decision, but uh, <laughs> congratulations anyway, Richard. Yes, yeah, he's no. uh, tying the knot in, in, in June. Uh, at the, towards the end of June. So, But no, we shall keep going. Uh, there's note, always... note the, the, the date was chosen to not clash with the end of the season or the start of the new one. Well, phenomenal, yeah. I know. Um, and, I know. and, you know, let's face it, what happened at Playmore last Saturday confirms that there is never a dull moment at there Torquay United. Mid-table is a foreign land for, <laughs> for, for Torquay United. Do you remember those years in the 70s when, they, when well, mid-table was, was we, we, where we, they existed? Correct, that, that was where we lived, but, <laughs> but, but not anymore. So there's bound to be plenty to talk about, uh, good, bad and indifferent, and uh, we should be hopefully getting our teeth into it. Guy is off cutting his grass at the moment, Dave, so, so instead of uh, Guy finishing with his... Rebel rousing, come on you yellows, it's, uh, it's me, uh, Richard Hughes, saying come on you yellows and hopefully see you there on Saturday.